0: Hello, welcome to Neighbours, the Neighbours recap podcast. We're live from the PirateNet studios. I'm Vaya, And I'm Kate. And we're going to be talking through the last five episodes that just aired from 7,011 to ep 7,015. And the big cliffhanger from last week was the arrival of Kyle's dad.
1: I like to call him Dad Dad.
0: Dud Dad. It's a good one because...
1: Kyle has,
0: hasn't has seen his dad since he was like eight years old. And we,
1: he's not 100% sure if it is his dad as well. That's
0: right. Like, <laughs> oh, I think I'm related to that guy.
1: Yeah, he looks kind of kind of like me.
0: <laughs> so I'm a little bit curious that none of this came up in the lead up to the wedding.
1: Yeah. Like Georgia
0: yeah. didn't say, you know, are you sad that your dad's not here? And then Kyle probably could have used that opportunity to say, well, I haven't seen him since I was eight. And he he walked out on us and...
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Look, it'd be a completely normal thing to do. But mind you, we only saw Carl's mum for the first time, and it would be George's first time seeing the mum at the wedding. That's true. And he only met her parents at the wedding too. That's
0: true. Oh, but apparently she's got a very close relationship with her parents, she oh, says. Oh yeah, that was pretty funny. Even though we've seen them <laughs> once in 4 years.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: Gary, this is Gary Canning, and he hasn't sent cards or gifts or child support or anything.
1: Which what? Must how old do you reckon he is now? 25? Yeah. 25? Yeah, Twenty five? Twenty four? Twenty five? Yeah. 26? Yeah, something yeah. like that. I look I think I'd write him off at that point as well, to be honest.
0: Although there could be a, a hefty little pay packet coming Carl's way if he plays his cards <laughs> right. <laughs> Get Toadie on board.
1: <laughs> I think um it, what's Carl's mum? Sharon? Yeah, Shaz. Sh- Shaz and Gaz. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think Shaz might have a bit of a claim on that.
0: It's <laughs> well, a house deposit right there. Mm. So, Kyle and Georgia sit Sheila down and tell her that they've seen her talking to Gary, her son. Mm.
1: Look, I honestly thought they could have let it play out for a little bit longer of, you know, being secret super sleuths on Sheila.
0: Or just trying to get it out of her without yeah, her yeah. like, and seeing what she would come up with. Mm.
1: But we all know that Sheila loves it when they invade her privacy, much like when they were um, snooping on her computer to delete emails. Yeah,
0: and I love how she makes this all about her, like... Guys, that was really rude. Are you guys spying on me? Like, um, you've, you're hanging out with the missing dad. I and don't it, think this is about them being rude right now. And it was down at
1: Lasseter's Lake. It wasn't, you know, like she was in Eden Hills or something exactly. like that. It was in a common space. mm
0: she says it's complicated, she doesn't know much about Gary, just that, you know, he's this odd jobs man and sometimes mm. hangs around Which, and... which
1: I love that Dad yes. Dad's an odd jobs man.
0: So is Diala Kyle. Exactly.
1: It's it's genetic.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gene- <laughs> genetic that you can't hold down a full time job. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now we don't it's not really revealed why Colette Nan has been seeing Gary other than just to give him wads of cash.
1: That's a good point. Odd jobs obviously don't pay well, do no. they Frangers?
0: No. So she doesn't actually explain it this week, does she? No. Just that she's seen him a few times over the years and given him money.
1: I mean, it does appear quite shifty that he's hitting up his middle-aged mum for cash. Like,
0: can't she just get his bank account details and direct debit? Like, why does it have to be in an envelope of $100 (laughs) notes?
1: (laughs) That does sound quite sus, doesn't it? Yep.
0: And so Colette Nan's quite emotional about this. She says, look, I wanted to protect Kyle. That's why I didn't tell him that I was in contact with his dad.
1: Well, I don't know. It just meet him somewhere more discreet yeah, if not, you really
0: not, want to protect him. Not in the middle of his home suburb. Exactly. But we, we know that this family, whenever they want to hide from each other, just go around the corner on the yeah, same street. Yeah.
1: Except for Bossy. Bossy's quite good at hiding. Bossy's good at everything.
0: <laughs> so Sheila finds Gary again and tells him to clear out. That, Rack off. Yeah. Carl yeah. Kyle knows about him and she wants him out of the way and doesn't want anything to do with him. But Georgia then asks Sheila for Gary's number.
1: Mm, and then goes a, a snooping through her phone yeah. when Sheila won't give it to her. So,
0: a great move. So Colette Nan says, no, you can't have it, and then puts her phone down and walks away. <laughs> so Georgia sends Gary a text and then goes down and meets him by
1: the lake. Yeah, look, obviously top-notch hiding spot in Aaron's yeah. Barrow. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then, oh, yeah, that was funny because then she goes up to him and she's like, oh, Gary Canning? And he's like, oh, yeah? <laughs> he wants to know. <laughs> and then, like, you can just see the, the cogs going in his head, you're not me, mum. <laughs> <laughs> and then did my mum send you? <laughs> like, oh, God. At that point, Georgia
0: should have gone, I don't, want t- I, don't want, I don't want ties to this family. I'm going home.
1: How do you spell annulment? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: She kind of guilts Gary into coming back into contact with Kyle. And she says, you know, Kyle thinks about you every day, which is news to us because we've never heard of Gary. Yeah,
1: I mean, Kyle never mentions him. So, look, I'm not sure if the – to be honest, I don't think Kyle thinks every day.
0: That's just (laughs) a very good point. Georgia's (laughs) being very generous about her husband. Mm. So then we have this moment where Georgia comes back to the house and then Georgia says, I've got someone here to visit. And then Gary walks in. Yeah. Now we have this weird story in the middle of – Brennan and Paige. So, detective mechanics hanging out at the cafe looking really sad. Mm. For, we don't really understand why.
1: Uh, and Paige gets the horn from that, basically, yeah. doesn't she?
0: Yeah. Paige completely forgot why she broke up with this guy and is suddenly all she wants is to get him back.
1: Yeah. It's, look, she just needs to read that He's Just Not That Into You book, I think, because he's yep. sending out all sorts of signals that he's not interested. Or the
0: sequel. It's called A Breakup Because It's Broken. <laughs> <laughs> So Bailey, is the voice of reason, tells Paige, you just need to try harder because that's always worked well.
1: Yeah, yeah. That doesn't reek of desperation. <laughs> nope. No. See, look, Paige knows her shit when it comes to men yeah. as well. Paige doesn't need to be looking at her nerdy little brother for romance nah. advice.
0: So he suggests what, next time you see Brennan, invite him over for a swim. And Paige decides, well, I'm not going to wait till the next time I see him. I'm going to try and run into him again and Mm, mm. so then she and Bailey spend the rest of the episode jogging
1: yeah to run into him and it was it was weird kind of run lola run kind of you know chasing for (laughs) someone who's not there but my big issue with this is that I've watched the credits for Neighbours yeah a good few thousand times and for up until recently Brennan's pool featured in most of them Brennan has a pool already in his backyard does he yeah, yeah. Don't you remember back in, you know, the Madge and Henry days, the, the credits where Henry <laughs> got pushed into the pool and then um, more recently some other guy got pushed into the pool. I always thought there was only one pool. No, because um, Paige's pool is newer. Oh. Because remember we didn't – I think Toadie's got a pool. Yeah, Toadie has a pool. How right? can they all afford pools? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and yet Dr. Carl doesn't have Dr. one. Dr.
0: Carl doesn't have a pool. No. He's just got a giant garden gnome. mm Oh, so, so Paige keeps asking Brennan how he is, and he just is really rude to her and blunt and just says, no, I'm not interested, basically. Yeah. I don't want to talk about this. It was
1: Detective Mechanics time of the month, I thought. Yeah. Then he he
0: realises that he's being an asshole, and he goes back and apologises and said, oh, this whole Sonya thing, how she's getting mysterious letters from a stalker, reminds me of Kate, my dead ex. And he's
1: a cop. He should just be impervious to all of that. It's like, she's a case. You know, bad things happen. Otherwise he'd be walking. take him home.
0: And again, it adds to my argument that he's better off as a mechanic. Yes. If he can't let this stuff go. (laughs) So eventually he does come over and hang out in the pool. And there's this montage of them splashing around.
1: With Bailey in the pool. Because nothing says sexy times in the pool. Like having your nerdy little brother chaperone it. Yeah.
0: And now we go to... Amber, so Amber's freaking out because she has one of two exams. she's yeah. had her like English exam or geography exam, whatever it was, <laughs> and the only other exam she has to pass year twelve is media
1: studies. Now, I didn't study media studies, but it's it's not the most academically rigorous subject, isn't it? No, 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 no. the essay would be it'd just be an essay, wouldn't they for an exam?
0: yeah, maybe sh- showing some footage and responding to the footage mm, maybe so opinion based responses, yeah. Yeah. So really, she could wing it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Did she need to study for it?
0: Well, her study consisted of Daniel quizzing her on um, a glossary of terms such as mise en scene. Yes. <laughs> and if you're getting to the end of Year Twelve and you're still needing to be quizzed on things like mise en scene, mm-hmm. you've got bigger problems. Oh
1: yeah, yeah.
0: You need <laughs> you need to go and revise your eleven <laughs> and ten.
1: So she basically has a freak out, doesn't she, down at Erin's um, Bar High just before the exam? Yeah,
0: in that pretty wooded area. She has a panic attack. Oh,
1: yeah. You know, that's the spot where Kate lost her shoes one night and <gasps> could never find them. Yeah, so every time I see someone there, I'm like, I'll just keep an eye out for her shoes.
0: And so she's walking through that area thinking, maybe I can get special consideration. And I think, actually, maybe you could. Your pa- you know, your parents' relationship's pretty rocky. Oh look,
1: to be honest, I think she—I think she and Munter both needed special consideration yeah. for their entire academic career.
0: That's a good point. Oh, so at that point, Daniel suggests this paparazzo job to her. He's like, "Why don't you just go grab a photo of William and Kate's new baby and sell that? It's like that's your viable wow. career alternative to <laughs> passing your exams."
1: I love that. That's um, you know his ethical response to
0: to it as well. Yeah, and she's like, um, "I want to be a serious photographer." And then she has this massive freak out, this panic attack. She's hyperventilating and Rain comes over to them in the middle of this. And that takes that moment to ask if Amber's been able to take any photos of trees.
1: Yeah. When it's clear that, um, you know, Amber's freaking the hell out. Yeah.
0: She's having a breakdown. Mm. Just give her five minutes. Yeah. And then Rain follows her to the school and gives Amber what I thought Amber should have been doing for weeks now is some deep breathing exercises Mm. before the exam. Mm. So gets her to breathe in and out and meditate.
1: And then tells her that oh you know it's all right. It doesn't really matter if you fail. You'll be fine. She yeah, she basically starts
0: giving her all these affirmations <laughs> like this is just one step in your journey. This is just another day. <laughs> Don't give it power.
1: Yeah, and yeah. No, it's quite nauseating, isn't it? Yeah,
0: and that's all Amber needs. She's like, cool, going to go to the exam
1: now. Yeah, but like reading between the lines, you know, she's saying, oh, it's okay, Amber. You can just be one of the sister wives at New Eden. You'll mm-hmm. be right. Because after that, Amber
0: says, sure, let's help her plan her cult. Yeah. All right, so we'll pick it up with Gary, Canning, and Kyle with this cute scene of them standing awkwardly in the backyard trying to reconnect after mm. 20 years apart and they're just catching up on life. How have you been? And Yeah, it's pretty awkward. Yeah. And they, you know, got to the point where they're looking around and just pointing at stuff like there's a veggie patch. And...
1: <laughs> was, that, was that a hot tub?
0: Yep. <laughs> so it was pretty orcs. And then thank God Bossy comes out to break the ice.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, Bossy, as always, steals every scene she's in.
0: Yeah. She's on form, except for the fact that she jogs this memory in Gary of the time that Kyle was a little boy and had his own dog and the attachment he had to this dog. And then Gary just runs from the yard upset.
1: There's lots of um, weird memories people are having in the last couple of weeks. Like Doug Willis with um, Dull Swimmer playing cricket. And and the person who actually was in those memories doesn't remember them at all.
0: No. And (laughs) and they can just take it for granted because they were too young to remember.
1: Yeah. Remember that dog you had?
0: No. I guess I had it. So he, he runs down the down the street and says, look, he, he can never make it up to Kyle yeah. all that time he's lost. He's
1: got a major case of the feels from seeing that.
0: Yeah. Which I thought was quite sweet. It mm. was quite nicely done. So now we have, okay, so it's, it's exams week for the kids and Imogen, again, has one of two exams. She's done English and now she's moving on to legal studies.
1: Yeah. And that appears to be her last exam as well, which yeah. from my memory of doing VCE a long time ago, I had more than two exams
0: yeah maybe she did about three or four year 12 subjects in year 11 oh that look that's quite plausible
1: mm. yeah yeah and
0: now she's only got two left
1: yeah yeah oh yeah so then Tarage is cracking it with imogen that she hasn't done enough study yeah. for her legal studies exam which i thought was pretty rich because to was happy to rely on imogen's free legal advice when it suited her exactly last week.
0: and you'd think that was pre-exam prep you know running <laughs> exactly. through your legal terms <laughs> So Paige has been really sporty this week. So she's gone jogging with Bailey and she's gone swimming and now she wants to shoot hoops with Brad. So she comes wow. around and invites Brad to play basketball. She's got a pretty sweet life. Like, Oh, yeah. She does a half a shift at the cafe and then she spends the rest of her days playing sports.
1: Yeah, no, it is like she's trying to relive her, like early teens so she comes over to ask brad um whether he wants to shoot hoops yeah and then as a bit of an afterthought because Terage was standing there oh and you too you, if you want you, to. You, you can come
0: and play please don't come <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly and so then we what we get back to the the turner's backyard and oh surprise surprise lauren's playing um basketball too i know and i
0: thought that was con- conveniently omitted yeah from that invitation And also to rage in this time has thrown in as an afterthought. Oh, why don't you come around for a celebratory takeaway?
1: Yes, yes. This is my favorite. This is my line of the week for come around for takeaway with all the trimmings. With all the trimmings. I know. (laughs) I was going to laugh at that, but then I thought, geez, that sounds all right. It
0: sounded delicious. (laughs) I was brainstorming. As soon as she said that, I was like, like Samosas and, yeah. and and spring rolls and
1: well, it makes me think of you know my husband goes out with a friend and they get takeaway um pizza and fish and chips yum. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Although I did notice later when they did have the takeaway that Therese had just prepared a salad and I think that's what she just meant with all the trimmings. It was yeah. like I'll make a salad.
1: <laughs> well, I think had she got um food from different takeaways was that was that the key to it? Oh, like she got a little bit of Indian, a little bit a Turkish. of Turkish. Yeah,
0: yeah. Tie is their staple in that household. Mm. They're always having tie. Yeah, it did. No, it did make me excited to mm. to have. I, I want that. I want to do that. Takeaway with all the trimming. Yeah. Just go through the menus. Mm. Say one of, one of everything, please. Yeah, yeah. So while they're out playing basketball, Tarage decides to go and have a coffee with Susan. And while she goes to see Susan, she puts breath spray in her mouth.
1: I didn't notice. Well,
0: that. It, was, it was either breath spray or perfume. She sprays something at herself before she sees Susan.
1: Oh, oh, oh actually now I realise why she yes. did that. Yes.
0: Which we'll find out in just yeah. a moment.
1: But why does Therese only ever ask marital advice from the most married people in the street?
0: Because she thinks, oh, they've been married a number of times. Yeah. They've got a huge well to dip into for yeah, advice. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's 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 quantity, not quality with Suze and Paul.
0: Also, Therese is one of those people that Never ever asks the friend anything about their life. Mm, mm. So she just sits there listing off stuff about her family, going, Oh, Imogen's finished exams, Josh isn't going to jail, everything's looking great for the Willises. <laughs> <And then> Susan's <laughs> like, Why do you look miserable then? Now, Susan gives what I think is one of the best pieces of advice I've ever heard. Oh, wow. She says to Terrage, You need to get normal. <laughs> <laughs> you need to start acting normal and <laughs> yeah. perfect, perfect. Like, which is basically saying, stop acting like everything's a huge drama. Just go about your daily life. Mm. And if you want things to feel like they're just normal, then pretend they are or act like they are.
1: You know, that is actually pretty good advice. Yeah. And Tarage just needs to bury herself at Lasseter's for a while in a bit of work and suddenly she'll come home one day and realise, oh, hang on, everything's kind of back to how it was.
0: Yep. So Torage interprets this as... Oh, I'll be normal by going to play basketball. Even yeah. though I'm not sporty.
1: No, not at all. And when she turned up in her tracky dacks I thought, hmm, that looks like a first time wear.
0: <laughs> still got the price tag on. Did she didn't she have a nice like she still had a normal smart casual top
1: on though, didn't yeah, she? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, it was it was bizarre. And so- look, she was not best pleased to see brad putting his um ball into um lauren's hoop so to speak he was being so handsy with lauren Mm. and i
0: look of all the times therese has freaked out i thought that is the warranted time yeah like he's got his arms around her to play basketball
1: i wouldn't even turn up and play basketball at that stage i'd just be like that's it this is like the final
0: straw that was a perfect opportunity for her to grab the ball and throw it at lauren
1: in her face yeah that would have been great
0: so they just start playing and then it's it's a, it's a really uncomfortable game. Terese like tries to shoot a hoop and misses and mm.
1: goes oh, I'm going to go
0: and then Brad like yanks her back and like grabs her and
1: oh, it, was, ugh, it was, was really weird. It was strange and awkward.
0: So they carry on without her. She's like it's not my thing and goes, which is wise. So so they go back for takeaway and this is the moment where Brad and Therese finally have a minute to talk.
1: And Terese admits she's been smoking cigarettes which is great because we never get to see we never get people's vices yeah oh well look she she could start going to GA now for smoking i well, think
0: well that's the thing we only get vices to the extreme yeah yeah so we don't have a teenager experimenting with alcohol we have a teenager becoming an alcoholic yeah, you know yeah. we don't have someone spending their their monthly savings by gambling we have someone Look,
1: with a gambling problem. I, I could do a whole list of people on that show who in real life would smoke. Carl would smoke. Georgia would smoke. She's a nurse. Nurses smoke a lot. <laughs> oh, who else? Now I want to know. Uh, I, reckon Nate, I reckon Nate. Paul Robinson.
0: Oh, yeah. Paul yeah. Robinson. Oh, he,
1: he would have that bit of stale smoke hanging around him, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. Sheila. Oh, for sure, for sure. There is absolutely no way yeah. that the, the head barmaid from Frangers wouldn't smoke.
0: That household, they'd, they'd have a huge ashtray out the back that they'd all gather around. <laughs> <laughs> but so the point is that it's great to see that we have this realistic portrayal of Teraj just not coping with her stress mm, mm. and dipping back into one and of she, her old glasses. she's voices.
1: all like, oh, you know, I was smoking. And he's like, yeah, I know. yeah, that's kind of pretty obvious.
0: (laughs) And she gave that immediate disclaimer for the young people watching, like, I know it's disgusting, it's a hideous habit. And then she admits, look, I'm the problem in this marriage,
1: you know. Yeah, I mean, you're a harpy, basically. We all came to that conclusion months and months ago. Yeah,
0: although... Once we did come to that conclusion, I then realised how much of a dropkick Brad was as a husband. Oh, my
1: God. He is the kind of man who does need a ball-breaking woman around him to actually just get through life. Because, frankly, he ain't living on Ramsey Street without her.
0: No. He can go and do his part-time PE teaching elsewhere.
1: Do a few casual yoga lessons down in a park. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They're definitely mismatched. Mm. They've got a terrible marriage and they admit they decide to spend some time apart.
1: Yeah. And she
0: packs a bag... She's going to move into Lasseter's. Yeah, she's going to move down the road.
1: But the thing is, the, their house, they don't own their house. It's, it belongs to Lasseter's oh. because it's the Lasseter's manager's residence.
0: Right. Which to me
1: implies that the Lasseter's manager has to live there. Yeah. See, I was thinking um, a couple of weeks ago that this was all leading up to Brad moving in with Brennan. And like, because Brennan's all by himself in that, you know, family-sized home. In the Kapoor house. Yes, yes, with the Kapoor's <laughs> furniture. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's
0: a house I don't want to visit. So they're going to work on their marriage by living a couple of doors apart.
1: Well, no, no. She's down at Lasseter's now. Yeah, but it's not far. Look, It's around the corner. Mate, you can get a taxi ride from (laughs) Lasseter's to Ramsey Street. (laughs) Yeah, but it's not a very big fare. No, no, no. (laughs) Plus, she actually doesn't spend much
0: of her time in Lasseter's, as we'll get to in the next episode. She spends most of her time in the waterhole. She could rent a room above the pub. Mm. So she tells Imogen she's moving out, and that's where we leave them. Yeah. Now we have the hippies. So Paul is hounding Daniel about this business that he's doing. He's turning our beloved PirateNet Studios into some hippie bar.
1: Yeah. And th- this leads to the plot hole of the week for me. Yes. Which is, um. so Paul's pressuring Daniel about, yeah, when's it going to open? I've got a, you know, a quote for flyers to be printed and they need to, they need the dates for that. And then Daniel, like as a way to just kind of you know, get out of doing hard work, says, oh, you know, we can't open it now. It's the silly season coming up. And it's like, well no that's exactly the time you'd want to open a new exactly. venue. because people are looking for venues for work parties. Exactly and they've got new bar opened up, let's book
0: it. Also, how, why are they printing flyers when the construction people haven't even been in? Like I it's mean still, look, yeah,
1: looking around it's still look, so much work here.
0: still looks like a rundown radio studio. Quite a few boxes of decaf. <laughs> yes <They're, laughs> Like I don't understand how they're putting this bar together. So he's ordered flyers. I don't think they've painted and renovated yet. No, no. Even though they were supposed to be doing that while Dakota was here.
1: Yeah, no, no. It's it's all, this whole thing's a shemongle. So he's
0: he's ordered jars for cocktails and that's it. Yeah. Do they, have they applied for a liquor license? Oh, Paul will sort that out. Oh, okay. One of my favorite moments of this episode when um, Rain suggests a more sustainable marketing approach. She's like, do you have to print flyers? can't you try social media and it's more sustainable. And then Paul goes, yeah, thanks Gandhi.
1: I love that. Actually. That was my line of the week. That one.
0: (laughs) And just dismisses
1: her. I I tweeted that. And then I got followed by a Gandhi fan account. (laughs) (laughs) Little
0: do they know.
1: (laughs) Rain, the dirty hippie actually follows through on her promise to Amber for, to provide some guided meditations, which, which to me was basically a subliminal brainwashing device.
0: Oh, it was brainwashing for the cult, definitely. Yeah.
1: So yeah, what she Amber settles down to listen to it, and she's all relaxed. well. Firstly,
0: it's a, it's on CD. So uh, first, okay, I want to know where Rain's living. Where is Rain staying? Number one.
1: Well, that's Num- very good question. And
0: number two, does she have all of her CD burning technology with her? That doesn't like, sound
1: very sustainable. Does she have
0: like a microphone and like how is she recording this guided meditation and burning it to disc for Amber?
1: Do kids even use CDs these days? No. Like, she would have
0: put it on USB.
1: Exactly. It's more sustainable. You know, just download (laughs) it from the cloud. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Because she said, oh, you can use it as a coaster.
1: Like, well, that's not a very good (laughs) upcycle. No, that's a lot of plastic and, I don't know, other things. But, yeah, no, I I was just expecting, you know, to hear a bit of... Drink the Kool-Aid, Amber. <laughs>
0: We're going to live in a field.
1: But hang on, Amber was listening to it in um, Harold, wasn't she?
0: No, in the Pirate. She was doing her study in the Pirate Net studios, yes, which is run down yeah. and disgusting. Yeah. As much as it's fun to be it, here. <laughs> look,
1: um, guided medica- meditation go home listen to it lying down in bed yeah. nah just listen to it while your fiance is having a business meeting with his uncle
0: can i just say as well um rain's guided meditation sounded a lot like the fake ad that we had i mean did, the, the, i mean the real sponsorship it. announcement we hey, played on last week's episode don't for, ruin the
1: magic here for new
0: eden <laughs> it's art imitating life mm. so we leave amber clearly brainwashed stuck on what to get nan for christmas the Book of Secrets The Book of Secrets A Sensual Masterpiece from First Time Author E M. Williams The Book that's got everyone talking Talking dirty erotic adventures synonyms Sex Words The Book of Secrets the book of Secrets It's not just a book it's a bedtime story. Be one of the first to pre-audio copy for a chance to take home a free feather boa and a copy of the audiobook narrated by Anne Charleston. This is Neighbours, you're with Vaya and Kate, and we're going into Wednesday, the middle of the week, with Brad and Terrage are going to part ways for a little while. And I was rejoicing because I can't stand them as a couple. That it no. make any sense to me. I,
1: mean, I'm, I was actually feeling a bit traumatized by just, you know, sitting on the couch of an evening and watching somebody's life implode.
0: Yeah. Well, I was encouraging it. I'm like, yeah.
1: implode faster. Explode. Yeah, just let it go, man. Could've, this could have happened 15 years ago yeah. when you realized that your husband, A, is a dud and yeah. B, is a root rat and C is, you know, just faithless. Yeah. Josh
0: is planning some lawn bowls with Doug before he goes and sees Therese checking into Lasseter's Hotel. Really healthy move for Therese to move into her workplace when she's already work-obsessed. Yeah, with
1: a a somewhat predatory boss living on site as well. (laughs) Yeah, and the
0: two of them don't seem to spend any time in the actual workplace. They just spent all week having coffees at Lasseter's, at the waterhole.
1: I don't think either of them have offices, do they? No, No. because they're constantly
0: doing paperwork at
1: the bar. You'd think at least to rage would sit behind the reception desk at lassiter's that's um, what we
0: often find her because then at one point she said i'm going to take all this paperwork back up to my hotel room like
1: why are you taking it to your room yeah. hang on going back to the lawn bowls yeah do you feel that this is like a new opportunity for dull swimmer to become the dull lawn bowler oh yeah because that's a commonwealth game sport isn't it lawn bowls Yeah, why hasn't he just channeled his energy into a different sport? Kind of weird bit for me was when he came back and he's like, oh, so it was so good hanging around people who didn't want to talk to me about the case because they didn't know about it. Yeah, mate, that's all your friends now are in their 70s. Yeah,
0: well, his last girlfriend was 40, so it's only a natural progression. (laughs) He's just going to go up and up. Okay, so Josh and Imogen find out about the, this split, and they're upset, like they're nine years old. And Paige, again, the voice of reason, Paige says it's probably good for them to spend some time apart. They've been through a lot. This will give them a chance to figure it out. And Imogen shuts Paige down.
1: Yeah, but then but then Paige comes back and says, look, I've, I've been through a divorce with my parents, and your parents aren't in nearly as much shit as my parents yeah. were. Which I thought was really nice, actually. I thought
0: it was a real nice... It was a comfort. She was offering some comfort, and Imogen just says, you wouldn't
1: understand, and
0: screams at her. The
1: the vein was throbbing in her forehead. God. Was it this episode where um, Imogen finally tracks down to Rage at Lasseter's and said, oh, you know, I had to find out your room number from reception, which, A, seems like a bit of breach of privacy for reception to give it away, and, B, read between the lines, Imogen. Mum's escaping you, too. Mummy
0: doesn't want you anymore. But that's not the first time the receptionist given away someone's private details. Oh,
1: yes. Yes. Back to Carl and George's wedding.
0: Yeah. They gave out Shazza's details. Yeah. Yeah. That receptionist needs to go. It's
1: another dark day for Lassiter's really. Yeah. Should they
0: need to ship her up to Lassiter's Darwin with Munter. <laughs> okay. At this point, Paul notices Therese's living at the hotel. He says, I noticed you've checked in. Mm.
1: Then he said he was paying for it, didn't he? Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So instead of it just, you know, just being written off as a corporate expense, business expense, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think Paul's paying for it out of his own cash. Oh,
0: that's creepy. Because
1: then, um, is a bit freaked out by that and about him wasting his money. You know, Paul's already absolutely pissing away cash with the lentil bar. Oh, exactly. How much do you reckon that room at Lasseter's would have cost a night? Maybe one hundred and twenty bucks or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Again, if if Paul's sniffing it as a seven thousand dollars scratchy ticket. $100 $100 a night room, it's just nothing to him. And then Imogen's a bit pathetic here. She asks Therese if she could have dinner with her. Well, you're not living with us, but can I at least have dinner with you? And Therese is like, nah. <laughs> go home, kid. Mama's moving out. I'm not running away if you're coming with me. Nah. So Therese considers going back home for dessert to visit everyone. She's been gone half a day. Yes. And then Paul
1: says... Don't go home. That's not going to help anything. That's going to make everything worse. Yeah, which is clearly... Stay here and drink. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, but Teraja's low-cut tops were back as well, which <gasps> for the previous week she's been wearing quite high-neck tops, which to me is a clear insight into her emotional health. Oh, so she's liberated now. Yeah, yeah she's free and the boobs are free as wow. well. Yeah.
0: And, okay, now let's just touch on this briefly because it drove me absolutely batty this week, and that's Dr. Carl's hideous ceramic pig, right?
1: Oh, Lord Jesus. No,
0: yeah. Oh, God, it was painful. So he's got this pig that is named Elvis. And it's a giant pig with daffodils coming out the top. It is super ugly. And Susan hates it more than she's hated anything. She'd probably take a visit from Sarah over having this pig yeah, on her front lawn. I think lawn. it's
1: the size of a washing machine,
0: basically. <laughs> so Carl and Susan keep bickering about it. And Carl's just being absolutely ridiculous and taking selfies with the pig and acting like it's of some value.
1: Mm. Like, when, when he himself admitted that it cost $10. 10 bucks, man.
0: Yeah. So Susan's had enough and encourages the Gabers to mess with the pig. She's like, if you guys could keep playing kick to kick so that you smash the pig, that'd be great. And the, the Gabers take it one step further and decide to get... Pig nap. Yeah. Do some pranks. And rather than take the pig and put him in the tip, they hide him around the complex.
1: Now, this to me... Yeah, we were talking a couple of weeks ago about how the you know, Gaber's playing kick-to-kick is kick, yeah. a bit of a euphemism for them yeah. actually getting it on. But now they've taken it one step further and they are now playing Hide the Sausage. Oh, no. <laughs> no. But then, um, what, Carl accuses Susan of moving it. Susan has MS. She's,
0: Susan's not moving a washing huge. machine-sized ceramic pig, Carl. Yeah. And can I just – I'll give a brief shout-out, actually – two at tim stern who says carl buys hideous ceramic pig this really is unmissable drama
1: (laughs) nail on the head right there
0: (laughs) and we end off wednesday with some more sexual euphemisms lauren and dad cop are going for another bike ride and we all know what that means
1: they've got a very happy marriage at the moment yeah and they get on the
0: bike when they're feeling frisky and then (laughs) they learn of the split between the Willises and Lauren offers some sympathy to Brad and you know don't give Brad an inch Lauren because he's gonna come for you (laughs) he'll give you a few inches and that takes us to Thursday and this is the moment where Therese wakes up in her hotel suite her pokey little hotel suite Mm.
1: She's loving it. I would too, I think, if I had such awful children and an awful husband. Yeah. Oh, I'm free. She's had, okay, she's
0: had, she's got three kids, two of which are twins. So that would have been pandemonium for most of her life.
1: And the other one must be horrific because she shipped her off on student exchange for over a year. Yeah, a year and a half she's been on exchange. I actually think she's a missing person at this stage. (laughs) I'd be suspicious that Paul has a skeleton key to every single Lasseter's hotel room. (laughs) Don't you reckon, or at least he'd just go down to that reception and say, oh, look, I'll have the um, key to room 321, thanks.
0: That's why he's paying for it. Yeah. He's got ownership of this room.
1: (laughs) Actually, when he paid for it, he did get the second key.
0: Yes. (laughs) So Paul and Therese are talking about the New York Lasseter's paperwork, and he says, you're busy, you've got to do all this paperwork, you can't hang out with Brad.
1: And um, why don't we uh, blue sky some uh, concepts oh, for that? Oh.
0: I used to work in commercial radio and there used to be blue sky meetings every week.
1: I know. That phrase just fills me with dread. Oh,
0: it is so <laughs> naff. It's just It's another word for brainstorm. And there was a room where they'd painted all whimsical colours and they'd put like grass oh. down so it looked oh, well, God. inspire ideas. Because
1: we're cool and hip like
0: Google so whilst while Therese is confiding in Paul and Susan, who's Brad got to confide in? His ex, Flame. Yeah, Lauren. Lawrence. And of course, Paul totally clocks that exchange. Like you're running mm. off to your ex to talk about your failed marriage. Yeah. I'm noting this down, my
1: friend. I mean, Therese is able to confide in her boss, Paul, but Brad can't confide in his boss, Susan. Because <laughs> <laughs> Therese has got Monopoly over her. Bloody hell. All right, so... Doug
0: Willis is sticking around, so the kids have got to entertain him because mm. you know, he probably needs full time care. But yeah. the Willises haven't thought that through.
1: And um, but Pam, clearly he's he's down here on respite, isn't he? Yeah. That's why she's not here. She's getting a holiday from his dementia. Pam's having
0: a great time in Darwin. Mm. Paige and Imogen are at loggerheads. They're not getting along. So we can't have any of these girls ever getting along. So it's either Paige and Amber fighting or Paige and Imogen fighting. Mm. And Paige gets along really well with all the brothers. I hate what this says about female relationships. Why can't she get along with one of the girls? I don't
1: think that – can you think of any sister relationship on that show that has turned out well?
0: Nah. Jade and Sonia were a mess.
1: Yeah. um, Suze has a sister who is a nasty piece of work. Didn't she
0: hit on Carl? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The the Scully sisters nearly killed each other.
1: Oh, yeah. Remember Flick and Steph?
0: Yeah, horrible.
1: But they – there aren't any other sisters, are there? Well,
0: yeah. there was Kate and Sophie, but Sophie was pretty much raising herself. So. Yeah,
1: I mean, and I guess Jem was like George's kind of sister, but she turned out mental, right. and evil. Yeah. And last week, Imogen was on Paige's side. She was mm. telling
0: Amber, "Get over this. She's our sister. We've got to make this work." So I don't know how mm. Imogen's done this sudden mm. about face. Mm. So they're supposed to go and hang out with Doug while Josh is off doing his first day of community service. <laughs> yeah. As I predicted, it's hard manual labour on the side of the road. <laughs>
1: At Lassiter's, though. Yes. What's going on with Lassiter's? They don't have their own maintenance nah, men. they've got. I mean, there's rubbish everywhere. Incendiary devices. They've got the local delinquents coming in to pick up after them. I'm just bewildered by this whole situation. But, look, we all know that Paul would love a bit of cheap labour, and that would be the cheapest of the cheap, getting the chain gang in <laughs> to, to a bit of gardening. It looked like yard duty. It did. It looked like... They had, they had garbage bags and tongs and they were picking up papers. Well, they, they probably found the spot where um, Tarej goes out for a slice smoke and yes. there's just like a, about
0: 50 cigarette butts there. Yeah, that would have been a good hour
1: of the day to, <laughs> devoted to that. So, okay, that was a bit of joy. In the meantime, Doug's meant to have met up with... The girls. The girls. And somehow he's lost now.
0: Yeah, he's wandered off. And now, of course, Imogen and
1: Paige blame each other. Much like Paige's Run Lola Run earlier in the week, they're running around Aaron's Borough trying to find him, asking every single person they encounter if they've found him. And finally, they come across Josh on the chain gang.
0: Yeah. And they said, and this is what I thought was a bit insensitive. The guy's doing his first day of community service. Mm. Maybe go and sort out your granddad on your own and don't involve Josh. Like, exactly. just let him get through his first day of community yeah. service without a drama but no they have to get josh to help them saying granddad's missing so he's then got to tell his awful supervisor oh
1: no awful slash grey. That, that work supervisor <laughs> has met quite a few scumbags in his life and he does he will not have the wool pulled over his eyes yeah he's got a low bullshit threshold yeah <laughs> You know, I'd be like, oh, mate, my granddad's disappeared, so I'm just going to nick off down and get <laughs> yeah, mate. Oh, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. All right?
0: And then that's when Teraj gets wind of it, Doug going missing, and she says, oh, get involved. And Paul's like, no, no, we've got the Blue Sky session. Oh, shut up, yeah. Paul. And then Susan takes that moment to tell Paul to back off. Like, why are you interfering with this marriage?
1: Oh, just... Susan, Susan loves absolutely ruining his love life. <laughs> She did it with Priya. She did it with Rebecca. Yeah, nah, just back off, Sue. Let Paul. You know, yeah, yeah. I a love. I love
0: that she just can't stand him. Yeah, like she's oh, she's got to share a space with this guy, and she's mm. not. She's not having a bar of it. Then what happens in the middle of all of this is Nate and Chris are still brainstorming how to kidnap this hideous pig.
1: Oh god! And they it was take it
0: really, really weak plot point. So for the painful. Week. They take the pig salsa dancing, and we don't even get to see the salsa class. Yeah, like what a ripoff!
1: Another euphemism for. the... <laughs> the vertical vertical tango
0: (laughs) so really nate and chris are just doing it all around town and pretending to
1: to hide the sausage to hide the
0: sausage so they come back from hiding the pig to piss off carl and then nate's left the kennedy door unlocked so there's something weird going on with nate that he's forgetful he's left the door Mm -hmm. unlocked and doug has slipped in there for a little kip on the kennedy couch
1: i remember back in the day when doug used to live there yeah moved in after des moved out
0: yeah so he thought he still lived there and he went to sleep yeah. And so the g- they get him back safely and Paige and Imogen can then walk Josh back to community service. Mm. He's like, got an hour left, can go back and pick up some more papers. And the supervisor's like, mate, you can't come back here. I'm like halfway through dialing your parole officer. Yeah. Then we have this moment of unity between the sisters, yelling in unison that Josh is a good dude and he was helping his grandpa. And
1: I feel there needs to be a bit of a, you know, a, bit of a record scratch here and just go, no, wait a minute, this guy... King hits someone. He's <laughs> not a good dude.
0: No, he needs to be doing his full day of community service. Yeah, on the chain gang. And just in the middle of all of this pandemonium, we have Sonia and Toddy checking
1: the letterbox. Look, Sonia's picked up her own case of PTSD from this. Yes, you know, it's, it's catching in Randy Street.
0: And and we see Nate and Chris shuffling off with the pig, and Sonia's oh, just feeling judged.
1: Yes, because then it leads to this awkward interchange. Where Toady said, Oh, you guys are for a spit roast <laughs> Which then <laughs> Nate you don't would...
0: say spit roast to the gabers.
1: No, because like Nate and Christos are all kind of like looking around awkwardly, going, Oh Jesus, what's what's going on here? And then so Sonya interpreted that as, Oh, they're just awkward hanging around me. No, no and that's Sonia. because her husband just dropped the worst sexual innuendo yeah. ever.
0: This one's not about you, hun. <laughs> no. This one's not about you. <laughs> So she's feeling insecure and goes off to have coffee with Brennan. They're hanging out in the playground with Nell and there's this moment where we we hear Sonia shriek and Nell's fallen off the play equipment and is pretty fine. Like Nell's still she's, smiling. She's fallen
1: onto the tan bark. <laughs> and frankly, if you know, my child's dad was a lawyer and my child seriously injured themselves on some play equipment... I'd smell a bit of a law case against the local council for dangerous play equipment. Oh,
0: true, but they're on good terms with Paul now, you see. They're not going to oh, raise that's anything. True. So then Nell's fine, but then knock, 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 the Department of Human Services is at the door. Yeah. And someone's accused Sonya of neglect.
1: It was so, simultaneously great and, and weird. Yeah, they've got the crack child abuse squad on her yes. case.
0: It's very Pretty Little Liars. So we have letters, anonymous letters coming in, and we have someone watching Sonia's every move, knowing all her secrets, and then dobbing her in for neglect. Look, so, who is A on Ramsey Street? And then we move into Friday, the end of the week, and then Sonia starts freaking out the way Amber did about her exams earlier in the week, and she goes around to Susan and says, they're going to take my child, I need a character reference, give me a character reference. And then Sue
1: leaves the room because yeah. she's insane. I've got to go get the laptop. Yeah, and then Sonia sees uh, what an opened bottle of Carl's red wine. Oh, Carl! <laughs> and so she's looking at it longingly, and yeah,
0: there's this Marge Simpson moment where she's she's picking up the drink, and it like <laughs> zooms in on the drink, and she has this will she won't she moment. You know, I, I know, I
1: know, it's my, good for my heart, but you know. <laughs>
0: I can't drink two glasses. So she's falling apart. She tells Toadie that she nearly fell off the wagon. And then Detective Mechanic decides to get the street together and help Sonia feel better by having them all write their secrets down. Oh, this was the worst. It was the worst because they've already written their secrets down. It's called The Book of Secrets coming to an e-book, an e-reader near you. You don't need to get them all to write their secrets down. Carl's done that.
1: And for God's sakes, why would you give a deeply personal secret to an ex-junkie, ex-hooker, and as we've just recently found out, (laughs) ex-alcoholic,
0: why would you give your secrets to them? Can you imagine what's on Carl and Susan's and Sheila's bits of paper?
1: I'm just bewildered by this because surely none of them have done anything as bad as Sonia anyway. Nah. It, I mean, or maybe Sheila. I Sheila. can see Sheila would have been a, a reported to the DHS a few times.
0: <laughs> Sheila's probably writing, oh, "I, I'm, I'm skimming off the till. <laughs> she's probably <laughs> writing stuff she's done last week. <laughs> so speaking of Sheila, Georgia is sad because Kyle is sad. He's down in the dumps because Gary is a
1: dud. De- da, da, dud da dad is da, a dud. Yeah.
0: So Gary visits Kyle. And apologizes for letting him down yet again and asks if there's still a chance. And then this is where Gary explains why he abandoned Kyle. And the story is that there's these dodgy types the, These
1: the McKenzie brothers. The
0: Mackenzie brothers in Frankston, these Franger thugs. Frankston is getting a terrible rap on this show. <laughs>
1: Look, in Ramsey Street, it, it's, it's basically the new Colac, isn't it? Frankston. Yes.
0: Frankston is the new Colac. I feel sorry for Frankston because in my youth, Frankston was a punchline. But oh, in, yeah. But in recent years, it's becoming mm. a bit more well-to-do <laughs> than neighbours would have us believe. So apparently these thugs, these Mackenzies, were taking part in an armed robbery and Gary saw them with a gun, yeah. dumping a gun. And
1: this was 15 years ago. If he'd said 25 years ago, I would have said, oh, yeah, that's plausible. There's less security around. But there's not that many um, robberies going on these days. If they dumped a gun, it would have been found and fingerprinted that day. A lot of bad shit went down in Frankston that involved police searches. So it would have been found. Yeah.
0: So Gary's excuse is that the Mackenzie's threatened to come after Gary's family if he didn't keep his mouth shut about the gun. Yeah. So Gary leaves town. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I know. Just like, oh, sweet. I'm out of here.
0: Like he could have just said, okay, I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah. But no,
1: he no, just he leaves town. And that really doesn't explain why he didn't pay child support. Never sent birthday money. Yeah. like, Okay, mate, you've
0: really taken license to,
1: yeah, to wash your hands off. of all yeah.
0: responsibility.
1: And Kyle
0: says, oh, well, this explains everything. My dad's a great guy. He was just
1: looking out for me. Oh, yeah. No, he's he's drunk a bit of um, Rain's Kool-Aid on that one, I think. He's been listening
0: to the guided meditation <laughs> CD.
1: No, your dad's still a dud. Yeah, because
0: Sheila sees through this and goes, um, look, there were some dodgy blokes in Frankston, but this story sounds a little bit made up.
1: Mm. Then later on she goes and sees Brennan... To ask him about, you know, can you use your connections to find out about these McKenzie brothers? Oh Brennan, his first reaction is, "Look, can't you ask the cops?" <laughs> okay. I'm still just a mechanic. Oh, can't can't Sheila just pop on to Poodle and do an internet search for, um, you know, armed robbery, Frankston, 1999? Yeah, yeah. We'll leave that for Brennan to deal
0: with. All right, now let's finish off this godforsaken week with Carl on the hunt for this ceramic pig. And um. I've written in my notes, "Kill me now." Yeah, he's getting ransom texts.
1: Oh, and the texts are from a, um, a blocked number. Can you actually send texts from a blocked number? I don't think I ever have received one.
0: No, but it, it's, it's always a device on tally. Yeah. There must be an app now. There must be an app you can get because... to block your number. Does that mean Nate and Chris have got a burner phone just to do <laughs> ransom texts? That's a lot of effort, man.
1: Yeah. Uh. you know, You know they're using that phone for other purposes as well. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs>
0: Carl's getting texts about the pig. He's around town. I've put one of them up on Facebook.com slash Neighbours podcast. It's like, uh, it's the pig out the front of Aronsborough High and the note says, school's out, stick in the mud.
1: Yeah, that's lame. Then it goes to what Nate and Christos down at the nursery and they're doing, oh, let's do another punny sign to text to Carl. Don't these
0: people have jobs? Shouldn't Nate be working at the nursery? Shouldn't he be on shift?
1: Oh yeah. Like, yeah, I mean Christos really, he, he should be working. Yeah, well he can't, he can't lift yeah. anything.
0: But Sonia's not there, she's just running around being a fruit Loop because yeah, yeah. DHS is on to her, but, so Nate should be running the nursery.
1: Oh, but I don't know if you noticed, but she seems to have this strange employment policy of only employing mutes. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: same mutes that work at the waterhole oh, yeah, for Sonia, yeah, for yeah. Sheila.
1: Carl hustles down to the nursery where he um, chats to the mute um, nursery assistants.
0: Yes. What I did enjoy about this episode was that Carl is taken down by an adorable little girl. She was the best! She was so cute. And so he, Carl finds the pig next to this little girl and her mum, and the mum has said to the girl, You can pick out anything in this nursery. Like, why haven't you taken your daughter to a toy shop? Is my first question. Anyway, but they've gone to the nursery for a little treat. And the the daughter has looked around the nursery and pointed to the pig and said, I want that. Carl says, no, 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 young lady. This is my beloved pig that I've had for two days and paid 10 bucks for.
1: There's just an easy solution to it. It's not for sale. It's not yours, love.
0: And so Carl's trying to talk this kid into, why don't you take this garden gnome? What else do you want? Yes, she points to this ornament that's a scarecrow. And Carl looks at the price tag and it's $280.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Why is Sonia keeping stock that is $280 in the nursery? She's not going to move any units with that. That's worth more than her juices. (laughs) Get some herbs in there, for crying out loud. It's
1: probably probably packed with diamonds, that scarecrow.
0: So Carl pays nearly $300 to buy this little kid.
1: A scarecrow. a scarecrow
0: ornament so that he can take his giant pig home. I'm not even making this mm. up. What? And what is going on? You
1: just know that Elvis the pig is going to be um, broken in some sort of street cricket related Ugh. incident next week.
0: He goes home. And instead of Susan divorcing him, which would have been a logical conclusion, mm. Susan just judges him and shakes her head and said, why did you spend so much money? And he says, I miss our menagerie. I miss having pets. So he's become attached to a ceramic pig.
1: Can't they just trap another galah or something? Oh,
0: so Susan's like, oh God, if you can put this pig in the shed and never talk to me about it again.
1: That pig would be taking up half the shed, quite literally. I <laughs> <They laughs> just... could turn that pig into a shed. Can't they get another dog? Ramsey Street needs more talented dogs. No, actors. because
0: Carl says they have to get an animal that they haven't already had before. Otherwise it's like replacing a family member. Because that's logic.
1: Yeah, no, that doesn't work for me. So there's well, gonna. Well, they've never had a cat, and my goodness, they could do with a smart cat on that show. Oh my
0: god, I would love a cat. Mm. Why haven't we got a Ramsey Street
1: cat? I know. Tittles. Cats run the internet. Exactly. Exactly. This cat could be a star. Yeah, it'd just be like meme city. Oh, he's just
0: pony at one point. Like, great idea, Carl. I still don't think that Carl should be keeping farm animals on a suburban lot.
1: Oh no, get the bylaws officer involved in that one. Yeah. <laughs>
0: What they needed to have done, Carl and Susan, is take their doctor's earnings, move to a rural property, mm. maybe up in Queensland. Or we'll move billion... back to
1: wherever the, yeah. the hell they came from in country yeah. Victoria. Or go
0: and live near billionaire, get a rural property, and raise farm animals. Yeah, yeah. Because you're not happy living suburban life.
1: No, no. I mean, they, they don't have friends, do they? They've got some neighbours. No, they've got so people that come and... Leech off them. Yeah. That's basically it. There's nothing else for them in Erin's borough. Nah.
0: As much as, sorry, as much as I love Susan, it's time to pack up and go. Yeah,
1: yeah. Sayonara. Your husband's chasing around garden ornaments. mm Well, look, it used to be girls in skirts. Now it's giant pigs. Oh,
0: this is grim.
1: <sighs>
0: what have the Kennedys become?
1: Look, it just wasn't, wasn't the most uplifting week on natives. No.
0: I mean, it was some sweet stuff with the cannings, but nah, I couldn't cope. mm Hopefully next week will be better. We've got Daniel and Imogen who was supposed to be in love with Daniel a month ago. And Mm. we forgot that story. So we're back on that.
1: Rain's stirring the pot with that, isn't she? Yeah.
0: So we're going to pray to the gods that the pig is destroyed and we have something better next week.
1: (laughs) We can only hope.
0: So that's Neighbours. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook.com slash Neighbours podcast and Twitter at Neighbours pod. And I am at Vea Pachos.
1: And I'm at Remude.
0: Thank you, Kate.
1: No worries. Thanks for listening. Bye.